the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. All right, we are live from Klein Creek Golf Course in Winfield, and I have not played in five years. I put the game down. I did play here, and if I remember correctly, this is a very challenging course. I really liked it. It's a fantastic course. We are here for the event tonight with Dennis Prager, Dan Proft, who will dress like Pee Wee Herman, myself, where we are going to do a smoker tonight. We're going to smoke cigars. So I was under the impression up until very recently that I would be able to smoke cigars. I am unable to smoke cigars, so now we will just defend strangers and we will expose frauds. And that leads me to the debate last night. Now, something you have to understand, that wasn't a debate that was fluffery. I didn't see anything that we didn't know. There were no pertinent questions asked. I have less respect for Fox News than I ever did. Um, But you can always tell the way the establishment and those con artists, those propagandists who want you to believe this is a legitimate government, of which it is not. You can always tell the way they want you to think because they tell you. So Drudge Report was a venue that at one time was a fantastic news outlet. They used to grab articles from all around the world, and they would position them so that everybody can read them. Now there is off the press, which is much better, but it still exists. And they have a poll they want you to believe. So 12.8 million people, they say, watched the debate last night. Well, you can look on Twitter and see that 181 million people watched the real president of the United States talk about policy and defend himself and explain the current climate of the Manchurian candidate president we now have. The thief that he is, Joe Biden. The dimwit in diapers. The fraud. The most obvious political whore this country has ever seen in any office pretend to be president. The feeble fascist walking around stumbling like a drunk baby on wet grass. And it was fantastic. It was 46 minutes of fantastic versus that other show of stupidity that we saw last night. Now... They want you to believe in the poll on the Drudge Report that Vivek Ramaswamy won. Vivek Ramaswamy is a shill, a fraud, a pump and dump artist. Somebody who is going out there talking about topics that are important to the American people to distract them and give them a false sense of hope. Vivek isn't going to win anything, and he shouldn't. And I get attacked this often when I take calls because I myself in the very beginning said, boy, I like this guy. Until I looked into Vivek Ramaswamy and saw that he is a fraudster, a pump-and-dump artist. Now, I was asked by a caller, I think it was yesterday, Honey Bunny, wasn't it when the guy said, well, what about Trump and uh, Atlanta and Trump, I said Trump University. These are two scams. These are two frauds. But Trump did something that was a little different. He went into the casino business, ill-advised, 
And it didn't go so well. He didn't pay people and all the rest of it. And that's true. That's terrible. But that's a developer. Then when it comes to Trump University, as you know, if you listen to me from the very beginning, I didn't like Trump University. I didn't like a lot of Trump policies. He won me over with his performance as presidency. Number one, the most important policy of peace, the foreign policy that obstructed the true profiteering of a trillion dollars give or take, of the same Pentagon that has misplaced $6 trillion and doesn't feel it has to account to the public. Trump exposed that, and he understand, they understand, the gangster government, that many of us are disgusted with the policy of, of warfare welfare. So they need to get that reestablished, and they need to give us a false sense of hope. That is exactly what Vivek Ramaswamy is doing. But Vivek Ramaswamy's deception of a pump-and-dump stock is, I think, even more diabolical than Donald Trump's, by far, not even close. He practiced hope of Alzheimer's. He gave people a sense of hope that he had a drug, knowing full well he did not. It is now a penny stock after Vivek Ramaswamy, his mother, and his uncle cashed out to the tune of billions of dollars. That, to me, disqualifies him from any future in public. Any. Crawl away, you got away with it. You're like that Sam Bankman freed, only you were never brought up on charges. That's how I view Vivek Ramaswamy. But the establishment that wants to give people like me, who believe in the principles of a republic, false hope, they will push Vivek Ramaswamy in a distraction. They don't want Vivek Ramaswamy in, and they certainly don't want Donald Trump in. That's the thing to remember. Who do they want in? They want establishment hacks like Nikki Haley. If Russia, once Russia takes Ukraine, Poland and the Baltics are next. That's a world war. We're trying to prevent war. Look at what Putin did today. Now this dimwit, and she is a dimwit, has promoted a imperialism of corruption policy that has made the Cheneys, the Bushes, and the Bidens very rich. Haley wants a piece of that. See, she's not very good at making money, neither is her husband, the one she cheated on. But what she is good is at reestablishing a fraud. He killed Pergozin. When I was at the UN, the Russian ambassador suddenly died. This guy is a murderer, and you are choosing a murderer over a And I want to I want to investigate this a little bit. Prokosian was staging after being a champion for Putin, staged a coup. And the American government wants you to believe this was all his idea. That he wasn't an asset of the CIA, he wasn't paid for, and that the murderer of this so-called general is Putin. Well, we all know in our own history how many, how many friends of the CIA have disappeared. And I don't just mean Epstein. Oh, we do have Trump talking about Epstein as well. How many people have just disappeared? So right away the suspect is Putin? I don't know. I don't know too many ex-friends of the CIA that live long. What do you mean that's a bombastic squirrel? Of course it is. I know it's bombastic, but I like to think, therefore I am. And the last people on earth I'm going to believe is a government who has lied about every single fracking policy it's ever passed. Mr. Ramaswamy, you have 30 seconds. Mr. DeSantis, I wish you well in your future career on the boards of Lockheed and Raytheon. But the fact of the matter. And by the way, you're right. He's right, Vivek. Vivek, that's the beauty of Vivek. Brilliant. Truly brilliant and diabolical. Brilliant, though. He's exactly right about Nikki Haley, as he's right about Lloyd Austin, as he's right about all the talking points that you and I cheer for. He's 100% right. But not one question on Vivek Ramaswamy's scandalous company, Ryovant, not one question about the pump-and-dump drug, Exovant, not one question about an LLC created in the Bahamas by him and his doctor mother and their uncle. Not one question. 
It leads me to believe they want to keep that quiet. I don't want to keep it quiet. I want to talk about it. I want to investigate it. And I want him to answer for it. But in the meantime, I will enjoy as he distracts Nikki Haley with the truth. You know, Boeing you came off of it, but you've been pushing this lie. Stage, you've been pushing this lie all you week, Nikki. You want to go and defund Israel? This, you want to okay, let me address that. I'm glad you, you brought that up. Go and I'm going to address Russia. each of those right now. This is the false he lies of a professional politician. What was that country that Nikki Haley went to in the middle of her, te- her term to go visit the guy? I can't remember that country. You know what, Squirrel? Uh, we'll look into it. Under your watch, so you the will make America is, less safe. You have no foreign me, policy experience, and it shows. And you know what? The, the foreign policy experience that you all have shows in the world. By the way, does the audience cheer for this? I'm, I'm curious. Are, are, are most Republicans like they were when George W. Bush, the moron, went into Iraq because of the Saudi terrorists that uh, September 11th? Are we still on board with that? Are we supposed to believe that was a good policy? Do any of them talk about the $1.5 billion housing contract that was given to Joe Biden's brother to build Iraqi houses? Has anybody seen an Iraqi house? Or are we just pretending that the Republicans somehow have a good foreign policy, of which Donald Trump completely derailed, and now they want to get it back in? Let's ask Lindsey Graham if we can get him out of the bijou. What, what does Lindsey Graham think about Nikki Haley? I'm sure he loves her. So our relationship with Israel... Will never be stronger than by the end of my first term. But it's not a client relationship. Hear that audience cheering for the Pentagon? Cheering for the missing $6 trillion? Cheering for the mayhem and the policies of death and destruction? That's why I don't call myself a Republican. That's why I don't equate myself as a conservative with Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley's a fraud. And later in the debate, she opened her mouth and proved it again on another issue we should all agree with. Thank you, Martha. I am unapologetically pro-life, not because the Republican Party. Now, but, although this coward didn't have the courage to say but, she just immediately talks out of the other side of her mouth. He tells me to be, but because my husband was adopted and I had trouble having both of my children, so I'm surrounded by blessings. Having said that, we need. I, I just want you to take that in. Having said that, I'm going to talk exactly against what I just said. For the next five minutes. We need to stop demonizing this issue. This is talking about the fact that unelected justices didn't need to decide something this personal. Because it's personal for every woman and man. Now- Wasn't it personal for your in-laws? You know, the ones that put up your husband for adoption? The one you cheated on? Now it's been put in the hands of the people. That's great. When it comes to a federal ban, let's be honest with the American people and say it will take 60 Senate votes. It will take a majority of the House. So in order to do that, let's find consensus. Can't we all agree that we should ban late-term abortions? Can't we all? So this is what you're going to hear, the rest of this pretend facade of an election, which is really a selection. And Nikki is trying to get up in the selection choices. You're going to hear how you have to compromise with murder. And it'll be murder of foreign policy. It'll be murder of the most defenseless human beings on the earth called babies. You're going to have to compromise with socialism in policies of welfare. The same ones that are bankrupting us by the second driving up massive costs so that the people that are working here at Klein Creek and the people that are working around the world, every dollar they earn is worth less every minute of every day. And what happens to those people who want to constantly compromise with right and wrong? Well, it's not long, and you're a Republican who becomes a Democrat. Just like the governor of New York. I believe her name is Hulker, Hulkerum, who gives a rip. She's another fraud. That's why today I have sent a letter to President Biden formally requesting 
immediate executive action in four key areas. First, expedited work authorization so we can get these people out of shelters and into the jobs. Financial support for federal... Yeah, the jobs that normally would be occupied by American citizens who followed all the rules or, or aliens who, who went the right way and became citizens legally, you know, like uh, Vivek Ramaswamy's mom and dad. Housing vouchers, schools, health care, legal services, case management, and shelter for us to provide to these asylum seekers. So then what's the difference between being an illegal alien who came across because you paid a coyote and being somebody who followed the rules? Absolutely nothing. In, in fact, in, in, in these cases, in these Democrat sewer areas, you're going to get more than the citizens who are here legally, than the generations who've been here for decades. The use of more federal facilities to construct new temporary shelters and reimbursement for the cost of our National Guard, which have been on the ground at these shelters throughout the state. Who gives a rip, you dimwit? The people pay those guys anyway. We're paying you anyway. You'll do what I tell you to do. You want to be reimbursed. So that's the beauty of Democrats. They want to profit on failure, and they admit it. Now, Nikki Haley wants you to compromise with that kind of evil. Agree that we should encourage adoptions? Can't we all agree that doctors and nurses who don't believe in abortion shouldn't have to perform them? Can't we all agree that contraception should be available? And can't we all agree that we are not going to put a woman in jail or give her the death penalty if she gets an abortion? Can't we all agree that you can't kill a baby till it becomes a murderer itself? Can't we all agree we should pardon the babies and maybe abort the criminals. Can we all agree, Nikki Haley, you fraud? By the way, you're going up in the polls by the minute. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, the answer. You know, the hardest thing um, about watching this is that I understand the game that they want us to play. They want us to go back to the Bush years. And I want you to remember all of the things that happened during those years that were against every part of our belief structure and every principle this country stood for. Whether you talk about the foreign policy or you talk about the bastardization of our economy. George Bush is the one who promoted that whole bailout bulldung. And now we're so unmoored from it, we know that during the next collapse, which is right around the corner, we're just going to do it again. So you destroy the integrity of virtually everything we stand for. And that explains another issue, that not a one of these idiots that's running for president outside of maybe two could really answer. And it's the biggest problem we have. Leaders of BRICS have made an agreement for expansion. On Wednesday, South Africa said the group of developing countries had agreed to a mechanism for new members, paving the way for dozens of nations to sign up. And why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't they, when both Republicans and Democrats promote the bankrupting of our very currency and the destruction of the quality of our lives, not a one question about the massive expansion of welfare, not a one question about what does that look like in terms of inflation. You see, when you increase welfare 30 fracking percent, it drives up the cost of everything because the food and whatever is consumed is bought with tax dollars. Who do you think is going to explain that? Nikki Haley? It is a friendship. And you know what friends do? Friends help each other stand on their own. Uh, another con artist. Shut up. How's the Alzheimer's drug doing? Lauren in Arizona. Hey, Sean. How you doing? I'm all right, except, uh, you know, a little edgy after last night. And you realize you're just going to be the same old as you were 20 years ago, the same old shenanigans. And the $32 trillion will be $58 trillion, and nobody's going to give a rip. 
Nope. I just wanted to uh, call and pile on to your uh, topic about Vivek because nobody's talking about the recent um, investment scandal that's being brought to court, and Strive is trying to dismiss it, but employees are filing suit saying that they were being pushed to sell Yes. Uh, to provide sales material that promised that guaranteed returns and unlicensed uh, representatives were selling securities. Like, nobody is talking about any of that. So here's case number two of his fraudulent investment activity. Why, is, why isn't anyone, Lauren, in the media? I mean, here you got you have a guy running for president that used to draw some attention to your past that used to draw some attention to your claims. Yet all we hear is him talk about things that you and I support. He's he's a shill. He is a Trojan horse, a deceptor, a red herring that is supposed to distract the people who would never waver from Trump. And they're supposed to go after him and say, well, maybe, maybe it's time to get away from Trump. And listen, they might be right. But Vivek Ramaswamy is a stooge, and Vivek Ramaswamy should be under investigation and should be where Sam Bankman-Fried is. You know, when you think about it, how do you figure out how many people believed in that because they had a family member who was suffering from it, or they were afraid themselves, and they listened to Mad Money? You remember uh, Mad Money. Well, what the heck are we supposed to make of this breathtaking Axavon Sciences today with the stock chased under the symbol AXON, rocketing 99.3% higher on its first day of trading in a deal that some are calling the biggest biotech IPO ever. Now, you guys know that I've been a big fan of some of the smaller development stage biotechs, even as they can be very risky. Think Receptos, which is up uh, more than 15% since I last highlighted. I don't even want to hear that other swindler, Kramer. But the reality is the stock goes up 99% on its first day. It gets the attention of a lot of people, including hedge funds and the rest of it. They pump it up to $30. Vivek and his mommy sell out. And the stock is full of gaga, as we know about, because the first company that owned it f- figured out it, it was a failure, failure and couldn't get FDA approval. This idiot just changes the name and frauds everybody on something that most people are afraid of or most people know is a is a terrible disease. Not everybody with Alzheimer's gets elected to the White House. In the meantime, what you have is a diabolical scheme from a scam artist. So me, I'll never believe a word that comes out of his rotten mouth. Thank you very much, though, Lauren. I appreciate it. And not a one media guy. You mean Brett Baer didn't ask him about it? Why wouldn't Brett Baer ask him about it? Because Brett Baer likes the fraud, too. Sorry, Brett. Dave, Racine, Wisconsin. Greetings, Sean. Uh, just you were talking about uh, Nikki Haley uh, going off on a trip while she was governor. Actually, you're mistaking it was the previous governor. I can't recall his name. Uh, it's not in my gray cell, uh, Mark one A one gray cell computer. Wasn't but Nikki involved in the scandal with the with the affair, or do I have her mistaken with another you, political? You, you were mistaken with the previous go- South Carolina oh. governor who, uh, who, while claiming to be hiking the Appalachian Trail, actually was uh, seeing a paramour in uh, Argentina. Oh, paramour! There's a good name for a boat. Thank you very much, Dave. Appreciate the call. I, I still think I'm right about that. Would you do a little investigative, Squirrel, if uh, Nikki Haley ever was in a, in a, a scandal of an affair? Chris in Milwaukee. Hey, Sean, been a while. It's Harley Davidson season. I'm on the road. I'm listening to your podcast on the weekend, so I keep up. But oh, had to call you, in. Um, I, Chris Christie last week, I heard a reporter. Oh, did we lose? You broke, you broke up a little bit. You must be in the mountains. Go ahead. Oh, can you hear me now? Now I can, yeah. All right, all right. Hey, the, last night, I had no interest in watching the debate, but I heard a couple of clips. Nikki Haley, totally agree with you. You want to talk about foreign policy expert? Look at where we've been the last 20, 30 years of the country, and it's people like her that have put us there. So just shut your mouth, Nikki. I agree and Mike with you. Pence, 
Mike Pence, holier than thou. He's citing the Bible. He's talking about God. If please, it, you know, I'm a born, that felt I'm a hair. And I, I, I'm a born again Christian, and I am insulted by that man because if you are a true Christian, if you God gives you the righteousness to do the right thing, then all he had to do would say, hey, there's, uh, there's enough anomalies here. We're going to put this uh, certification on hold for 30 days and do some investigating. They probably would have the CIA and the FBI investigator Chris, wouldn't have gone anywhere. But that's all he had to do, and it would have been you, the right thing. What he do did, you know every time they the get these Democrat judges, these hacks, these morons that don't know one principle of law, and they're all put forward by the Marxist mafia, and they're asked a question about their past judgment or how wrong they've been, what do they always say to Ted Cruz, to Josh Hawley? Thank you, Senator, for the question. How many times do you hear that from absolute liars? Christopher Ray, thank yep. you, Senator, for the question. What was the first thing that came out of that moron with the felt hair who looks like Clutch Cargo's daddy? What was the first thing he said? Thank you, Brett, for the question. That's the equivalent yep. of, I'll be honest with you, from, from, from a vacuum salesman. The next thing out of his mouth is a fracking lie. Thank you very much. I can't wait to see. Uh, uh, I, I got $50, says the wife votes for somebody else. That could be me. The real president, however, was, was very interesting on a show that asked some pertinent questions. It's- I'm looking at the trajectory since 2015 when you got into politics, yeah. you know, for real. And then one, uh, there, it started with protests against you, massive protests, right. organized protests by the left. And then it moved to impeachment twice. Right. And now indictment. I mean, the next stage is, is violence. Is, are you worried that they're going to try and kill you? Why wouldn't they try and kill you, honestly? Uh, they're savage animals. They are people that are sick, really sick. You have great. And they're in power. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. I am 560. The answer. We are live from Klein Creek. Looking very forward to tonight's smoker with Dennis Prager. And he better have my cigars, Prager. In the meantime, last night we were at Chicago Prime Italian. And it was wonderful. And I was able to meet so many of you. It was a venue that is I've never been to, I have to confess. And I feel bad. I should have been there. The food is fantastic. But I don't like being in the Chicagoland area because you still have people who are proud Democrats. And when you look at the results of these policies... And the fact of the matter of the corruption, it's outrageous to me that there are still people ignorant enough to admit they're Democrats. I don't mean that. I'm not willing to get along with people who destroy the quality of life in my country, who violate every principle that it stands for. I'm not interested in palling around with them. So I avoid them. However, last night it was unavoidable because it wasn't just a closed venue. And after the debate was over, I I ignored um, the people next to me because they weren't part of our organization but they were nice enough for the most part and as i was leaving the girl said well as the only democrat in the room let me pick and i thought to myself if you're willing to admit you're a democrat after this crooked bastard this traitor to our country this asset of the chinese communist party this bribed whore then i really don't give a rip what you say about anything and then you realize that's exactly the game that this republic has become. No one is offended at the actual actual destruction of the integrity of our nation. Nobody. You don't give a rip. Nikki Haley isn't offended at the mayhem of our foreign policy, the corruption, the trillions of dollars missing, let alone the innocent people killed. They're not interested in life. They're not interested in peace. Donald Trump was. And he's the only one up there talking about it. Of course, he wasn't at the venue. And he shouldn't have been. 
I thought the venue sucked. I wouldn't have watched it if I didn't have to, but we all have to. And that's the position we're in. But I'm not going to come out the next day and tell you that, oh, I saw some real upticks, and I think Vivek Ramaswamy did great, and he's leading by 34%. How many people do not know what he is? Mr. Ramaswamy, welcome to Mad Money. Good to see Thank you, sir. Very good, good to see you. you. Okay, Vivek, I didn't meet you before at school. I know you're Alan Mater. You're summa cum laude graduate. Congratulations. Thank you. Good to be back. Okay. Um, tell- all from the same colleges that they all go to. All of the government corporatist frauds. Tell me why Glaxo kind of wrote this drug off and yet you have such great hopes for it. Because it didn't work. Four trials, $14 million in development. Didn't work. Big pharma company said, doesn't work. This guy and his mommy put together hedge fund money and bought it. And then presented it as a drug that would work. So I obviously can't speak for other companies sure. other than, than, than Axivan. Right. But what I can tell you is that RVT 101 is a unique drug that we actually think could help millions of patients with Alzheimer's disease. Our focus is actually on the, tra- on the treatment of Alzheimer's disease, dementia, and other forms of dementia. We've actually put together what I view as a top-notch team in the industry okay. involving the developer of the most widely used drug to treat Alzheimer's disease who actually led our due diligence on this asset okay. and actually will lead our development program going forward. And actually on our board of directors is the former head of neurosciences from GSK that actually led the development of this drug who sits on our board right now, and all of those individuals are every bit as excited as we are. Doesn't he sound sincere? He sounds sincere, doesn't he? It's all bull dung. None of it is true. None of it. And now you're my guy? Tonight you're my guy, right? Okay. Tonight you're my guy. I don't think so. But I'm tough to please. I believe in principles, not people. Bob Oaklawn. Yeah, so you're not the only one. I only listen to a handful of people. There's a lot of good guy wrestlers. Yeah, I'm on your team. They play all this stuff. They don't talk the truth. You talk the truth. A handful of the great one. Don't agree with him on everything, but he's a smart man. Very smart man. And he's asking, where the hell was this guy? Yeah. Where did he come I, from? I, I have to tell you, I, I, I agree. He's a smart guy. I disagree with him on foreign policy, on a lot of foreign policy, but I love him. Exactly. And I love, I love what he did with his law firm. And, you know, and, and these are questions that people should be asking that have the opportunity in front of millions of people. Yet Brett Baer didn't ask one question about it? Not one? He's and got Martha? Charlie, he's got Charlie Kirk. He's got him charmed. I, I don't know what Charlie Kirk sees in him, but he's got him charmed. Well, let's see what happened. Maybe, maybe Charlie hasn't looked at it. I, Charlie's a good kid. I mean, I like him very much. I yeah. met him. Charlie's and by the way, can I tell you, Bob, a little, little behind the curtains, him and I, the first time we met, we got in an argument because I was attacking Trump's idea of tariffs because I knew that Peter Navarro was a Democrat all of his life and used to open up speeches for Hillary Clinton. And I said, what is he doing with Peter Navarro as a Democrat? So Charlie and I got, and, and I've since been around him a few times. I love the kid. He's a great kid. I'm going to bet he simply didn't look at this. Because I don't know how you could look at Vivek Ramaswamy's past and come to the conclusion that you would believe a word that comes out of his mouth. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. You know, Vivek had his, he had his uh, Wikipedia stroke. Oh, I don't even. I don't even. Yeah, Wikipedia is not something I rely on, but I'm more important as to. I, I want to know how the SEC didn't investigate them. The stock comes out of nowhere, goes to thirty dollars. Ownership cashes out between twenty three and thirty. The stock is trading at thirteen cents. Retirement pensions, four hundred one k hedge funds, investors lost their ass, and the SEC doesn't look at it. That doesn't sound right to me. 
doesn't sound right to anybody. But Vivek can know, he knows how to present himself. He knows how to say all of the things that need to be said. I just wish it was coming from a better source. I just want to respond to Mike for one second because he invoked me back. Listen, now that everybody's gotten their memorized, pre-prepared slogans out of the way, we can actually have a real discussion now. The, the, the reality and the fact of the matter is... Is that one of yours? Uh, not, not really, Mike, actually. Yeah. We're just going to have some fun tonight. And the reality is, you have a bunch of people, professional politicians, super PAC puppets, following slogans handed over to them by their 400-page super PACs last week. The real choice we face in this primary is this. Do you want a super PAC puppet? Or do you want a patriot who speaks the truth? Do you want incremental reform, which is what you're hearing about? Or do you want revolution? Okay. And I stand on the side of the American revolution. We're going to take control back here. That's how I know he's a con artist. I don't want a revolution. What are you talking about a revolution? Am I supposed supposed to support the idea that we would engage in another civil war and kill Americans? Americans killing Americans the way Ukraine was? The way Ukraine was embroiled in a civil war for eight years that we ignore. Am I supposed to promote that here? I don't want a war. I I want peaceful separation. No question about it, but I don't want a war. But Vivek Ramaswamy is very good at saying lies. He's pathological. A week ago. But after this monster move in Axavan, which came public at 15 this morning and is now trading just under 30, we want to... And it went to zero about the development. Well, then walk us through what we've seen so far, because we know, as I said... There's a bunch of companies that have gone in phase two, and we get so excited, but then uh, it doesn't work out in phase Absolutely. three. Why do you think you're ahead of those other companies that have never been able to bring that to market? That's a great question. Okay. And, and the thing in Alzheimer's disease to remember, and, and we remember this all the time at Axiom, is we don't fully understand the way the actual underlying disease works. Not just us at Axiom, right. but the field more generally. Right. But the thing with RVT-101 is it's actually a neurotransmitter-targeted therapy that actually in part works through the release of acetylcholine, which is already known to be an effective mechanism of action, because that's actually very similar to how the currently approved drugs work. The whole time, he knew it had been tested four phases. He knew it never passed. The whole time, he knew he was lying. The whole time. And so the way the drug works has is, is been demonstrated in clinical trials. In a large phase 2 study, phase 2B study, with 684 patients, multinational, double-blind, placebo-controlled study, and this is the key. Just stream words together. It's like watching an episode of Boston Legal. Just stream the words together. Brian in Gurney. Hi, Sean. Uh, so, Biden wants to be president? Give me a break. The only reason he's running is because he beat back by the RNC and the Bush administration policies. That's Wait, which one did you say? You're, you're, Brian, I didn't hear what you said, and, and that statement could go for about 80% of the people that were on the stage last night. Who, who did you say? Race Bannon, uh, you know, Mike Pence. Oh, Bannon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think he just likes the sound of his own voice, and I think he wants to pretend to his small group of corporatist fraud friends that uh, he's trying to do something because of principle. Exactly. And the whole point of principle was that when he had a chance and he had the authority as vice president, he could have stood on principle and demand that these Democrat yep. sewer counties have their voter rolls investigated. But he didn't want to do that because now he's in the spotlight with his felt hair. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. say you want a revolution. Well, you know. I don't know. That struck me a little weird. It really did. And it reminded me of those FBI assets 
that created that militia in Michigan and then brought them all to trial. That's eh, kind of what I felt like every time I heard the swindler. Key on the pre-specified analysis, not some type of reanalysis or subgroup Ooh. analysis. But you don't want a reanalysis, squirrel. And the last thing you want is a subanalysis. And if you have a reanalysis, then you got to have the subanalysis. All bull dung. On the pre-specified analysis, the drug actually demonstrated statistically significant improvements in both cognition and in function. Out to really? Tw- so did Charmin, and that's what you were selling, you moron. Craig yeah, and Mount Greenwood. Yeah. Stop oh, talking hey, to strangers, will you? You're on the phone waiting to talk to me. What are you doing? You're going through a toll booth? You're oh, flirting boy. with the girl? I'm giving you some competition, Sean. Yeah. All right. Very good. What do you got? That's my... Hey, listen. Man, I'm out in the heat all day today. I'm listening to all the different stuff going on. There's just so much. I can't even keep track with all the crap going against with the, with, the, with our party. You are so called our party. You, you, I know you got something to say about this. I've had it. I'm going to tell you something. Man, I'll tell you what, you just keep doing what you're doing. I kicked, I wanted this tonight, kick back, I'm going to listen to you. I love when you kick these people's teeth down their throat. <laughs> you're kicking them. Hey, Thank I'm you. Listen. you Do stop. you want to know what I'm yeah. aggravated about, Craig? I'm aggravated that, that we're supposed to play the game again when we're this deep in, in, in corruption, when we're this deep in bankruptcy, when it's this many people destroying the quality of our currency, when you have this many people on welfare getting their rent paid, and nobody's talking about how to make it stop. Not a one of them. It's despicable and disgusting. In the meantime, the rest of the world is watching. And by the way, they're not going to sit around and wait for us to straighten up, to, to, to reestablish we integrity in our dollar. We have agreement on the guiding principles, standards, criteria, and procedures of the BRICS expansion process. I'm sorry, is this boring? Does it bore you that the rest of the world no longer wants us to have the world currency? Because overnight... You think you got problems now. If the rest of the world starts to realize just how just how bankrupt and corrupt we are, do you think the quality of your life will be the same? Because it won't. It's the second time that the club of emerging economies is growing. Speaking in Johannesburg, President Cyril Ramaphosa, the current BRICS chair, announced a consensus on the latest expansion. By the way, in case there's a CPS student who can't figure out how to change the station, consensus means they all agree. That's not good. 2009 by Brazil, Russia, India and China. South Africa joined a year later. The six new members, Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates. All of these countries, some of them we've killed people for in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Saudi Arabia. We're killing people in Yemen for Saudi Arabia, and God knows what's going on in Syria. In the meantime, all of them owe us money. We've bribed every single one of them to be our pal. All of them understand that we're bankrupting ourselves and destroying the integrity of the dollar. I don't have any Biden clips. Number one, because he has Alzheimer's and he's locked away. Number two, he's on vacation again. And he's in a chamber with formaldehyde, B12, Viagra, and Starbucks coffee keeping him alive. will officially join on the 1st of January, 2024. The move is aimed at giving more clout to the bloc, which has pledged to champion the global south. Brazil's president said it confirms the group's growing relevance. Who's going to fix this? The Democrats? Is Nikki Haley going to fix this? Well, Nikki Haley might fix it. She's more than willing to have America bomb the hell out of innocent people. Uh, who exactly is talking about this? I don't know. I don't, I don't think I heard much of it last night. Did you hear a lot of it last night? Me either. In the meantime, there's going to be a mugshot today, and you're supposed to get all excited about it, and the Democrats will cheer because the Democrats don't care about the facts. 
they don't care about the corruption. They want in on it. Um, so am I supposed to get excited about a, a mugshot of an ex-president? Like we were a third world banana republic. Now, many of you are asking questions about this case. And one thing a lot of people are talking about is whether or not the former president will have his mugshot taken when he's booked in Fulton County. Let's verify. You know, this is the problem. You don't realize the, 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 the intellect of these idiots. A mugshot. Why do you do you not know what Donald Trump looks like? Is there anybody on the planet that doesn't know what Donald Trump looks like? Or is it the fact you just don't like what comes out of his mouth? But Joe is really... But you don't think he's going to make it to November of 20? Well, I think he's worse uh, mentally than he is physically. And physically, he's not exactly uh, a triathlete or any kind of an athlete. You look at him... Now, I just played a clip. Joe said he was working out for an hour and a half yesterday. But a Democrat doesn't care because more and more of them are getting more and more money for nothing. That's what they really care about. We'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. My next guest is the perfect guest for the time in American history we're living through right now. He's the host of Economic War Room, a New York Times bestselling author and considered one of the world's leading expert in the issues of economic warfare. His new book, Pirate Money, Discovering the Founder's Hidden Plan, for economic justice and defeating the Great Reset. He is Kevin Freeman. Kevin, how are you? Thank you for joining me. Oh, Sean, I'm great. How are you? I'm aggravated. I'm aggravated at how stupid my fellow American is, and I mean that. You have to remember, I, I moved to Florida, and I'm now back in the sewer that was once a great city in a great state called Chicago. And when you look at the moron who cheers for his own destruction, when you look at the people who support the corruption, and the bastardization of the principle of Americanism, it's hard to be around. But when you see the destruction of our dollar that we all work for, and it's cheered by more than half of the country, the way I see it, because Republicans are in on the scam, too. What do you think? Well, I live in Texas, and I agree with you 100% about the dollar, and we are doing something about it. We have plans to go back to the Constitution and follow what our founders said. Thomas Jefferson said, paper is poverty. We have a fiat currency, the U.S. dollar, since 1971, and Republican Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard. He said it was temporary, but from that day to today, that dollar has lost 87.5% of its purchasing power. See, and that's that's what inflation is. You know, it, it, it's called inflation, and eggheads come on TV, and they talk about inflation as if it is this... This thing that nobody can really figure out, and it's political, but what it really is, is the destruction of the buying power of our dollar. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's the devaluation. And that's what we live through on a regular basis, year in and year out. And our government tells us we have a target for the dollar to you to lose a certain percentage we're comfortable with. And this is what leads to the, the, the real destruction after World War II, the Bretton Woods Agreement. And the rest of the world says, I don't want to be a part of it. And Kevin, I think they're right. They shouldn't be a part of a bastardized, corrupt dollar, should they? Well, I, I agree with you in this, the bastardized, corrupt part of the dollar. 
But the United States should have the soundest money of any nation on the planet. Our Constitution requires it. Our founders, who were called pirates at the time, I mean, John Paul Jones was called the father of the American Navy. He was called a pirate by the British. And Thomas Jefferson and Washington, Hamilton, they were all considered pirates. They said only money should be gold and silver, gold doubloons and silver pieces of eight. And the silver piece of eight was also known as a Spanish milled dollar. The dollar term is referencing sound money based on silver or gold. And yet we have since 1971 and and really before that in many ways when FDR confiscated gold and so forth, we as a nation have turned our back on sound money. And it's the financialization of the economy with paper money that's made the rich get richer while the middle class shrinks and the rest of the world suffers. So, yes, I agree with you, but it shouldn't be that way. And the toothpaste is out of the tube. You know, years ago, I used to trade commodities, and we would always play the game of what would gold be if it was affixed to the dollar? And I think I stopped counting it when it was like $188,000 an ounce. But the reality is it's way worse now. That was, you know, a few years ago when we left. Do the American people want a stable currency that is affixed to value? I mean, after all, we are now told that the the uh, true patriot is somebody who doesn't pay back their loans, who defaults on payments, who files bankruptcy. Do people want integrity in the currency? Well, uh, we're told that, but of course they want integrity. If I told any, any American that you could take 10 dimes and buy five gallons of gasoline today, you could do that, they would be thrilled with the idea. For a dollar, you could buy five gallons of gas. But you know that's still true, Sean? If you use 10 pre-1964 dimes, the silver content of those 10 dimes will buy today, it's worth $22. That'll buy you five gallons of gas in most parts of America. You know, Kevin, as we heard the debate on the debt ceiling, as I watched the people who are supposed to fight the Leviathan of socialism and corruption, the Democrat mafia, as I watched their argument, I realized they have no understanding of the argument. Are there any representatives that can even keep up with the conversation, say you and I are having right now, that understand the principle of currency and the principle of money? Well, if they don't understand it now, they will soon. We have $33 trillion in debt. The natural interest rate is over 5%. Uh, The two-year Treasury uh, note rate is 5%. Uh, So 5% on $33 trillion is $1.65 trillion in interest only just on the debt. We only take in $2.4 trillion in total personal income taxes, $400 billion in corporate taxes on top of that. The rest of it's supposed to be set aside for Social Security and Medicare. So really, we're already bankrupt as a nation. Our dollar has failed in its paper form, and, and none of the people on the stage got that. No, and you know who else doesn't get it? And I'm sorry to say it, but it's the truth. Donald Trump doesn't get it. Donald Trump doesn't understand that. He wanted to print. I, I he printed agree. up six trillion dollars right before the COVID reaction, and told me it was a good thing as he tried to imitate the velocity of an economy. That's a dangerous perspective when you realize there isn't anybody that is talking about integrity in dollars, integrity in currency. Well, we've got a book. It's called Pirate Money. It's discovering the founders' hidden plan for economic justice and defeating the Great Reset. It's available at Amazon. It goes through the history of money. It goes through what the founders said about it. It goes through the economic implications if we don't return to sound money. It shows a clear path to go back to it that can be done at the state level. 
I, I'm sorry for you. In, in Illinois, it'll be pretty tough. But in Texas, we're moving forward in Arkansas, Oklahoma, Florida, and a number of other states. And once it's available in one state, any American can use it. So I, this is our answer back. This is our one shot. Uh, Kevin, I love this. And I'll tell you why. I moved to Florida, like so many other people who are trapped in blue states and could make the move. They did. So now this is the real America part two. Because when, in my opinion, when you have this many people who have adopted the mindset of a slave, who aren't interested in the truth and don't really want the reestablishment of integrity, they're lost forever. We call them Chicago Democrats for now. But once you get that mindset, it's over with. So there's no, go- there's no going back to a stable honest way of life for those people is it time the way i think it is and i'm leading you into the question because i do believe we are at that time i don't want a presidential debate i don't want to pretend that some one man is going to fix a system of corruption and bastardization the way we have been i think it's time for states like texas and florida and the people who have moved there to say it's time we go with our own currency you keep your own and we join our own form of brexit or bricks for uh, another uh, word. What do you think? I, I think what we do is that only the difference is that we say these states, we're going to follow the Constitution as it was written. We're gonna, we will be the United States of America. If you all want to depart and leave the Constitution, that's your business. We're sticking with the Constitution, which said that in no state shall make anything other than gold and silver coin tender within their state. And we have an electronic means to do that. It is proven technology. It's all in the book, Pirate Money, discovering the founder's hidden plan for economic justice and defeating the Great Reset. It will it will shrink the wealth gap so the rich don't get richer at the expense of the middle class, and it will solve the great economic problems that we're having. There may be some tumult as we move that direction, but those that follow this plan, they'll win. They will benefit. You know what's interesting as you're talking? I'm reminded of when I investigated as a young man the topics that led to the Civil War, and most people wrapped the Civil War in slavery, and that was a definite component. There's no question about it. But a lot of the uh, argument that that really a lot of states that joined the Confederacy, a lot of it was about the state-to-state currency, the taxation on currency from state to state, and really what you're advocating is pre-Civil War state currency, isn't it? Well, the history is all there. In fact, I wrote the history in, in, in the book, and it talks about when the greenbacks emerged and then the Supreme Court case that it was Hepburn versus Griswold that said that greenbacks and fiat currency were unconstitutional. And then they came along the next year, U.S. Grant, a Republican, uh, packed the court with two additional court appointees, and they reversed Hepburn versus Griswold and said paper money's okay. And from that, we got the Federal Reserve. From that, we got the uh, gold confiscation. From that, we got the Nixon ending the gold standard entirely. That was a Supreme Court packing case from the Civil War. So you know your history, Sean. You've got it 100% right, and we detail it in the book Pirate Money. I can't wait to go through the book, really. I can't wait to go through it. But I'm more interested, I love the, the, the fact that you're really talking about the principles and the foundation of the federalism, number one. But you're also talking about the economic responsibility. I believe that the vast majority of Americans are against the idea of collectivist Fed controlling and destroying the options of free market capitalism. So now you're in this welfare warfare policy. How is the Fed going to allow you to do this? You see what's happening with cyber. You see the attack by the SEC. Do you think that 
the Federal Reserve and the government writ large is going to allow Texas to do this? Well, the reason we have to push it now is because we have a Supreme Court that will back it. In my opinion, I've looked at all the court. I've looked at the decisions they made. But we also have two aces in the hole. One of them is Briscoe versus Bank of Kentucky in 1837, which was a Jacksonian court. And I don't like Andrew Jackson. He's a Democrat, and I'm Cherokee by heritage, and I don't like what he did. But I do like the fact that he was against a central bank. And so the Jacksonian court ruled in 1837, never been overturned, that a state absolutely has a right to do this. And the federal government has absolutely no say in it because it's in the Constitution. And then the second ruling that we had is called the Bronson ruling, where it said that it doesn't actually have to be gold coin. The Constitution says the state shall make nothing other than gold and silver coin tender. And we don't make any gold coins anymore. The federal government doesn't produce them. And the Coinage Act of 1857, I think, outlawed the use of Spanish coins uh, as tender. So this Bronson decision was so powerful because it says it doesn't matter if it's coin or bullion, because the only value of the coin is the gold content or the silver content. And so bullion is just as effective for use. So when you put those two court cases together, settle law, and you add to that modern technology, you put gold and silver in a depository in Texas or any other state and add electronic debit card capability like Glent Pay offers commercially today, you have a perfect monetary system that works. It's functional money. It's not taxable by the IRS if it goes up in value versus the U.S. dollar because it's functional money and legal tender. It's exempt from capital gains taxation. This is very interesting. And when you're talking, all I'm thinking about is not just the wrench that this throws into the fraud of fractional lending, but it's fractional banking that will be upended virtually overnight. Well, you don't need fractional fra- banking if you have well, 100% reserves. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I'm saying how does it commingle with the rest of the country? Well, it can connect to the existing financial system, which is what it'll do initially, but eventually it'll be peer-to-peer. Because if you and I do an exchange and you you sell me something, I, I are you still there, Sean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm here. I'm here. I'm listening. Okay. If you sell me something and, and I pay for you in gold, you'll probably prefer to hold the gold instead of having it translated to a paper money. So I think the peer-to-peer capability of holding a gold and silver system managed by a state, and if Texas goes rogue, I'll just move my money to Oklahoma. It, this is the opportunity for us to have true constitutional currency. No, I, I love it. I do. I love it in theory. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the way in which the, the, the system as it exists, the, the unaudited Federal Reserve, the rumor of the repo market in the evening, the bank-to-bank lending, what do they do if this catches hold? And what do they do if investors say, you know, I don't think I want bonds. I don't think I want to have my money in cash. I think I want to buy that Texas gold. What does that look like? Have you given any thought to the massive influx of of money, not just outside Texas, but arguably outside America? What does that look like, and how does that drive the price parabolically high? How do you how do you control that? You well, have a tulip it's going to be pain, painful. It's going to be absolutely painful for those who are in paper money now, which is unlimited fiat and central bank digital currency is going to be the exact same problem. Only worse because they'll use it as a control mechanism. But 
it, what, we're going to have that pain anyway. It is it is either coming this year or next year or the next year because the bond vigil, vigilantes are going to go against the U.S. Treasury bond at some point yeah. just from the debt that we have. So why not get ahead of it? And then if people get ahead of it, we will have an alternative currency market. You can shut one down and start the next one. And Zimbabwe, they had to go through a currency collapse and they... They used the U.S. dollar to replace it, and they didn't even have change. It was terrible. At least this gives an alternative. How bad? I I think that the the ultimate outcome of this will be so bad it'll make the depression look like an appetizer. I think that when you see countries realize what's going on, and you see the, the the resourcing of the most important commodity to mankind, energy, go away from the dollar. It could happen relatively quickly that the Americans who have grown up in the lap of luxury of a, of a, of a currency they don't understand. What does it look like? Have you given any thought to it? And have you played that, yeah, that policy out? What, yeah. what, what happens is, is instead of people rushing to, when that happens, people rush to the strongest currency on the planet. They're trying to build one. The BRICS nations are trying to build one. I don't know if they'll get away with it, but they're trying. China, others will say, oh, we're backed by gold. Bring your money here. It's Except that's Hotel California gold. It can check in, but they'll never let you check it out. What we're offering here is we have to do it. And if enough people clamor for it now, we will get it passed in one state and then another than another. It will be painful. Yes, but a whole lot less painful if we have then if we have no alternatives in that case there could be a global uh, well they'll go to central bank digital currencies that's exactly what they'll do and you won't know how bad it is because they won't let you see it because they will if you say speak up against it they'll take your money away so everyone will conform just like they did with the vaccines and everything else so we have to have an alternative you know what i think the test balloon for this was was the euro I remember when the euro came out, there was very little resistance to the euro, which I thought was outrageous at the time. I was young, but I remembered it. And I'm thinking to my, myself, why would all of these countries, the Deutschmark and all the rest of it, why would they get rid of it to share a euro that really only benefits the countries that are bankrupt? This is something that I think was the test balloon for the complacency of civilization. Are, are, did you view the euro as, as the original corrupter of, of sovereign currency? You know, I was young also, but I thought it was a stupid idea. I worked for a global money manager called Templeton, and I looked at the euro, and I'm like, why, exactly like you said, why would Germany want to subsidize the profligate spending of of, of the southern Mediterranean nations? Why would they do that? And, and yet they did. And so they did. They were able to force people in it, but they gave up their sovereignty in so many ways beyond just the currency. Um, the, the British people should be thanking George Soros because he really kept the pound out of the euro system because he knocked it and broke the Bank of England before the euro happened. And so the people just decided, I don't want to go that way. They should thank George. The one good thing he's done is helped keep the British pound out of the euro. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all of the government entities you've talked to in in reference to economic warfare, and I'm wondering what was the reception like? Because you're obviously somebody who argues for principled currency. And you're talking to entities from the FBI to the DIA to the SEC to the Naval War College. Are the people that inhabit those institutions fundamentally principled 
economic believers such as yourself, or do they like the warfare welfare system that, unfortunately, our government has partaken in for so many decades? Well, it's a combination, and each one of those has a story with it. For example, the DIA, I spoke with Lieutenant General Ron Burgess. His, uh, following him was Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, and I also spoke with uh, Lieutenant General Harry Soyster. They were all principal people. I, but as you've noticed, there's been a purging in the military. Uh, when I worked with the Office of Net Assessment, it was Andy Marshall. He passed away. He was very principled, and he had a very under, deep understanding. Lieutenant General um, Jerry Boyd who was at CIA, and he, he was at senior levels in, in DOD. The FBI, the agents loved me. The analysts hated me. And this was under the Obama administration, and he flipped to where the agents used to be in charge, and they became uh, subservient to the analysts, which drove all the good agents out. Only the woke ones, well, I don't want to say only, but many of the good ones left, and many woke ones got uh, elevated, like Peter Strzok and, and others. So it was a mixed bag, but that bag is no longer mixed. It, it cleaned up a little bit under Trump, but it's gotten worse, much worse. Kevin Freeman, this book should be required reading. I love your explanation. I love the the facts and the fundamentals you bring to the book. I cannot wait to go through it. The one you just sold on Amazon, if you have it hooked up to your phone, that's me. I so appreciate you writing Pirate Money, Discovering the Founder's Hidden Plan for Economic Justice and Defeating the Great Reset. He is Kevin Freeman. Thank you so much for making time. I really appreciate your time and respect your opinion. Thank you. We will be back with your calls and comments. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. It's filling up. It's really wonderful. We are at Klein Creek. I haven't played in years, but when I did play, I have played here. It's a fantastic course. And I believe there's also a uh, golf outing going on. So these are people who are going to get an earful, and they'll like it. Uh, when I, Michael in Chicago. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. I just wanted to comment on Kevin Freeman and some of his thoughts and ideas. I mean, first of all, he just sounds really like like a, I mean, I would call it like a gold bug, right? But um, I think it'd be important for people to understand that at various points in history, there have been, you know, gold standards and silver standards and all kinds of other things. And, and they've, all, they've all eventually, you know, failed. Every monetary system just has, like, trade-offs to it. You know, and, like, the, you know, they tried with Bretton, the Bretton Woods and all that post-World War II uh, to fix fix the dollar to the to gold and everything. Well, Bretton Woods, uh, but, well, yeah, Bretton Woods lasted. You got to remember. I mean, you're I understand your point very well. But you have to remember it did last 40 years. Right? Or yeah, 30 years, yeah, 35 40, years. Yeah. But here's the here's yeah. the other thing, Mike. You know, he, if you were to affix gold to our dollar right now, he didn't, you know, and, and how do you quant how do you calculate that? You're literally going to be at, what, $340,000 an ounce if you attach it to just our debt alone, let alone the velocity and the, and the, and the pool of money that exists today. So I think the toothpaste is out of the tube. Well, I think the toothpaste is... yeah, we would have to look at that. Well, the toothpaste is out of the tube. I'm only going... It was 188000 10 years ago. What's the debt done in 10 years? 
You know, and then you, you, you think of the bills, the omnibus bills. See, this is the problem with a fiat currency. They just click buttons now. It's not like the old days when they print up the money. So you, you don't have enough money to fill the amount of money you had. So when you're calculating that debt, what's, what's it look like when you have to actually really have it? You can't, right? I agree with you, Michael. You can't do it. It cannot be done. But what can be done is a hybrid. And a hybrid based in, an, in, in, in a commodity that's very important. I think you could do oil or natural gas, and you could do a hybrid of precious metals. But you can't do gold anymore. But you need to do something, Michael, because political whores have destroyed the integrity of our dollar. That's what affects everybody, whether they're right. listening that to this the or not. That is, yeah, the, of course. that is the biggest issue. So from and because you know, it's when the dollar is backed by the faith in the government, yeah, when they mismanage it, that, that creates the biggest instability, which is what, there, what you see now. There if, is if no went faith. Back even to just, yeah, if they just went back to managing this country, I don't know, uh, pre-1930s with, with at least balanced budgets, Here's that would thing, help Mike, a great deal. Let me ask you this, Michael, and I, I've been dying to ask people this, and it's a hard conversation to bring up, so we, we've done a nice segue into it. What is, yeah. what is the fiscal policy of our nation? What is it? Oh, well, now, well, with Congress, it's, it's, it's nothing. just... It's, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's if you need yeah. money, click a mouse. You know, Michael, there, there, there has to be a conversation about this. And I don't think I'm going to get it from the dimwits running for office. And I'm certainly not going to get it from the dementia well, patient pretending to be president. They don't even understand I mean, only 0.5% of people at most really even understand how these systems work in totality. You know? it's, then it's the obligation of those 05 to have the conversation with everybody and to do something about it. You run for Congress. Congress in Chicago, run as a Democrat and and govern like an American. Thank you, Michael. I'm better off for you listening. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Dan in Green Oaks. Hey, Sean. Hey, great. I'm, the only time I've ever heard anybody besides you. I know you've been talking about this on your show about uh, the danger of losing the dollar as a as a backup currency for the world. The only time I ever heard about that was an interview that I saw with Larry Kudlow where he was interviewing Trump. And Trump was warning about this and calling it, saying it would yeah. be a catastrophe, liking yes. it to, like, losing a war. Like, losing a war, he said. He like, losing a war. And he was right. And that's the, that was the beauty. And I saw that interview. And I liked, and I, I've got some arguments with, with Kudlow, and I've got some arguments with certain aspects of Trump. But he understood what would happen if the dollar went away because he was very leveraged all of his life. And he understood the only luxury in leverage is when your currency is the world currency. Otherwise, there's, not, it, there's a lot more risk and there's a lot more cost. So Trump gets that aspect of it. But at the same guy, that's the same guy that after that, when he shut down the government, he, passed this, he cheered a $6 trillion bill, right? So that's the problem. If, if I had the Trump that was talking to Kudlow, he would have never signed the $6 trillion bill. I need the Trump to talk to Kudlow, not the one that faked the velocity of money. And here's the other thing, Dan. He can win me over a 1,000%. He better address it. Don't don't skate over it like Vivek Ramaswamy and his pump and dump company. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you, though. Hey, listen, he's the best guy, and he's the president right now. He's just not being recognized. Thank you very much, Dan. This is another thing. Um, I didn't hear the question about... Do you believe that Joe Biden or that the elect electoral system in this country is legitimate? Did you hear that question? I didn't hear it. Dave in Libertyville, did you hear that? Hey, Sean. 
Yes. Question for you. All right. You don't want to answer mine, but you want me to answer yours. You're a one-way street here. You got cleavage? Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. When, when I was a youngster, I, always, I was always told that, you know, the dollar has to be backed by gold, and all the yeah. gold is in Fort Knox, and I've heard that Fort Knox is empty. So where'd all the gold go? Or am uh, I, I off on a tangent? I think there's more gold in Melrose Park around the necks of my fellow friends and classmates than there is in Fort Knox, personally. And another question I have is, uh, I believe the the French have been asking for their gold back for about 35 years, and we never seem to give it back to them. I don't understand why. And I think Germany asked for gold, too, but we're, we don't, weren't going to give them any gold. Uh, we will give it to the Azov Nazis, but not the uh, Germans. Yeah. In the meantime, Dave, I don't know. You want to know what's a, what's a scary fact? Nobody knows. Do you know why? Nobody's audited it. Nobody. There's no audit. Believe me. We're, once again, it's like the election results. You're turning, you're turning to the most provable liars in our society, and they're telling you to believe them. The government. Same government that lost $6 trillion out of one entity called the Pentagon. Kevin, Austin, Texas. Sean, I hope you, uh, I hope you buy Eric a drink, and I hope you get a, he has a comfortable chair. He looks like he's uh, working real hard for you. Uh, Who do I got to buy a drink for? Who? I don't buy drinks. I don't well, drink Eric. booze. Or, Eric, my Eric? The guy who's behind you in the red shirt. Oh, are you nuts? This kid eats, he eats like he's four people in a fraternity. He's been eating since the day, since the time I walked in here. He's fine. He'll be fine. All right. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear he's fine. Uh, I hope you take care of him afterwards. He, I hope he's not like your clerk, which you probably had him sit at the edge of the pit while he was counting your cards. No. I, had, I uh, had a good clerk. I yelled at repeatedly. Uh, yeah, I had a good clerk. It was a long time ago. Yes, I did. Go ahead. I love you bringing up these topics. The thing about this debate last night, it was great theater. Forgotten in a day or two. I hope that they talk about how they're going to get a House and a Senate, regardless of whoever the uh, the candidate's going to be for the GOP. And I hope that yeah. people, as I say always, get involved. Well, I'll them. tell you what. Regardless of the candidate, I'm going to. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen to people? Who understand the principles, understand what happened, still understand they've been cheated, and 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 that Trump is the rightful president. What do you think is going yeah, to happen if they shove it? What do you think is going to happen if they shove a Nikki Whaley? I mean, uh, uh, Nikki Haley. Excuse me, Nikki Whaley. I'd vote for Nikki Haley on the on the ballot, or if they shove a Vivek Ramaswamy per se. What do you think is going to happen? You'll have you had seventy four million votes for Donald Trump. Seventy four million, a record. You won't have 20 million of those will be gone. I agree, and I think a lot of people are going to be, are going to, uh, be very upset about it. And, it. and quite honestly, it scares me. They're going to bait people to try to do something stupid so they can crack down. I mean, it's, I, it, it terrifies me. Well, you know what, Kev, here's the good news. You're going to have some of that Texas money they're cooking up, and I'm going to have to figure out yeah. how to invest it and not get audited. Thank you very much. That's why Kevin moved to Texas. George in Naperville. Hey, Sean, if that Alzheimer's drug turned out to work, you think Biden wouldn't have had to steal the presidency? We're all worse off because Vivek Ramaswamy was running a lie. Maybe if it worked, we could have the Joe Biden of old, the one that was just mean and corrupt, rather than the one with dementia. That would be interesting. But in the meantime, uh, I don't mind this Burgum. I'm going to tell you who my surprise was last night. I made fun of him. I said he looked like Vincent Price. He has the Marx Brothers eyebrows. 
but I like them. I really did. Move on to China. We're going to talk about China. Okay. Governor Burgum, China has the biggest navy in the world, the biggest army in the world. Now they have warships, warships off the coast of Alaska. They are threatening Taiwan. In coming years, China will have 1,500 nuclear warheads, it's believed. The U.S. just arrested two sailors accused of spying for China within our military. So the question is, how would you deter China as a president, Burke? Well, this is the number one issue we're facing. And, of course, we haven't been talking about it. And we act like that letting Russia win in the Ukraine uh, is like a gimme as opposed to a gift to China. Russia has become China's gas station. But how would we do it? Uh, the Biden administration is a complete fail. China imports 10 million barrels of oil a day, more than any other country in the world. They do not even have all the food they need to feed everybody in that country. So they don't have energy security. Wasn't John Kerry there just talking about greenhouse gases, the moron that he is, the corruptor, who's been bribed like Joe Biden to destroy and weaken America as he strengthens the enemies? By the way, I'm watching Fox News on here is uh, in Klein Creek, and Juan Williams is up, and he's commenting on the GOP presidential hopefuls. Stop listening to frauds who still are willing to admit they voted for this dimwit in diapers, this political whore. Their opinion means nothing. They should sit in the corner with a dunce cap on. 312-642-5600. When I get back, uh, we have a weekly guest that I want an update on Freedom Square after this. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560. The answer. How are you? Chuck Barham of FreedomSquare.com. Why aren't you standing next to me, Chisler? Were you afraid you'd have to bring me a cigar? No, I have a very good reason. I have a very good reason. Not that it's hot. Not that I don't love Sean Thompson. Not that I don't love AM560. Oh, boy. You're giving me to Kamala Harris. You're fluffing me right now. Go ahead. You know, that's what what (laughs) vans do. They drive, and they park, and then they drive again. No. Uh, What we're doing is out, out where I live, we're getting together a parent coalition uh, to start a petition that we're going to present to the school board that they are never, ever going to mask our children again. because Oh, I love them. this. So I, that's what I'm doing tonight. So Can but, I tell you something? Talk about Freedom Square. Yeah, you can. But right after I tell you something, because you're my friend now, we're gonna, this isn't part of the thing. Don't worry. we got more time. I went outside at the Elmhurst Cigar House because I'm in town, you know, as much to my chagrin. Yeah. But I support the guy next door to me because he believes like we do, and I already told him about Freedom Square. And here's a 90-something-year-old man, clearly a Democrat, and he had the mask on. It's 100 degrees outside. I mean, are these people absolute morons? And that is why I don't care what he thinks about something. I don't care what his opinion is. I, don't want, I just want to make sure I don't buy anything from him if he owns a store. So tell me about Freedom Square. Well, what we're doing, Sean, and it's made official, our first inaugural uh, business network newsletter went out today. We are building America's Chamber of Freedom inside of Freedom Square. So if you are a business owner and you want to connect with like-minded people that share your values, if you're a consumer and looking to spend your money with businesses that share your values, freedomsquare.com is where you need to go. You can download the app for free. You can also log on for free, create your free account, and if you're a business owner, you can sign up for free. We're building it. It's going to be America's Chamber of Freedom inside of freedomsquare.com. You can also get news, podcasts, resources. We're building it. We need the Sean Thompson AM560 audience 
to join us here at freedomsquare.com and light this thing up. I like where this can go. I really do, because I see all kinds of different services, not just uh, uh, financial services, but people who have roofers and contractors and window guys. I love the idea of it because I want to make sure for the rest of my existence, I am not giving my money to a Marxist mafia member who hates me. Exactly. And and it's not only that, Sean, and that's important. I mean, that's paramount. But the thing is, once we get these businesses in here, we're going to open up a toolbox for them to use to connect to build their business, to help build their uh, their market share. There's going to be connections that they'll be able to uh, collaborate with other business owners. Start connecting the dots locally that, you know, Sean's Cigar Shops to get to know Chuck's Thai Store. You know, even though they're three miles away, they need to start doing business together. They need to start collaborating. So sign up your business right now for free at freedomsquare.com or download the app. It's all free. It's inside of freedomsquare.com. And, Sean, I, I wish I was there, but you know what? I had to take, uh, I had to take this bow out tonight to uh, get with these parents to, to get this petition going. To get to the No, school. I love it, and I want you to tell them I'm supporting them, and I, I think it's absolutely wonderful, and you have to do that for the future. And that's what I love about you. That's how you think of things, and that's the business you go into at freedomsquare.com. Chuck Barham, thank you very much, brother. Thank you. Enjoy them and smoke them if you got them, Sean. Oh, absolutely. We'll be back with your calls and comments. AM560, the answer. Ow! 312-642-5600. We are live from Klein Creek Golf Club. Duffy, Harwood Heights. Hey, Sean. Uh, we'd solve all our problems uh, $32 trillion worth anyways by selling um, Rhode Island and Delaware <laughs> package. Yeah. Anybody Funny thing about traffic? selling real estate, you kind of need a buyer, brother. Who's going to buy that? Oh, Because you could do whatever you want with it. Anybody that stays there after a the month's notice, they they are now whoever buys that, uh, they own those people. Or you know, but Duffy, if you haven't been watching, China waits for us to spend money on like a Fisker plant, 400 and some million, all organized by a Democrat political whore. And then they come in and they buy it for 2 million. They like pennies on the dollar. You think they're going to pay retail, brother? No, no, that's true. No, that's true. No, yeah. I mean, they got this. They got this scallywag whore on the payroll. They're not going to pay marked up prices. Thank you, Duffy. I love the optimism, but the reality is, Joe Biden is a traitor and a thief. Yeah, he stole the election, and we all know it. And now they're going to make sure they intimidate enough of us so we're afraid to say it. What they don't understand is there's people like me and you. I don't get intimidated. I get inspired. There's also somebody else who doesn't get intimidated and gets inspired. Great people in the Democrat Party. You have great people that are Democrats. Most yeah. of the people in our country have... Oh, come on. You know why he's saying that, don't you, Squirrel? Because he spent 80% of his life as a Democrat. He gave Rahm Emanuel the nine-fingered Yakuza, who's now the ambassador to Japan, gave him 50000 so he could look the other way. He hired Ed Burke, gave Chuck Schumer money. He's regretting it now, but he wants to keep a little people uh, in the pocket. Fantastic, and I'm representing everybody. I'm not just Republicans or right. conservatives. I represent everybody. I'm the president of everybody. But I've seen what they do. I've seen the lengths that they go to when they make up the Russia, Russia, Russia. When that's exposed and they go down and Barr should have gone after them and other people should have gone after. And they did very late because the Durham report came out. It was fairly good. It could have been a lot tougher, I guess, but it was fairly good. But it explained how corrupt it was. And it didn't matter 
And now we're paying the ramifications of that corruption. And what are the ramifications of that corruption? Americans have burned through nearly all the savings they built up during the pandemic. And now the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco is warning that a lack of available cash could hurt the economy. Julia Chatterley. That's not good. And by the way, it's not the savings they built up during the pandemic. It's the savings they built up during the first three Trump years of what could have been the greatest presidency in American history if it wasn't for COVID. The greatest pandemic ever released on mankind, a bioweapon of the Marxist mafia here and abroad. All right, when I get back, I have a guest. We are at Klein Creek. It is the smoker night. Dennis Prager is not here, and he does not have my cigars yet. We will be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me. We are live from Klein Creek Golf Club, and this is the night where we're going to have this smoker. I was just handed a fantastic cigar, and it's a night of uh, excitement and joy. My next guest, unfortunately, we have to talk about something that's not joyful at all. It's a sad reality and a fact, and it must be confronted. My next guest is a former childhood actor. In 1994, there was a remake of The Little Rascals. My next guest played Alfalfa. I wanted to have him on. He is a he is a special guest speaking at a special screening of The Sound of Freedom. He is Bug Hall. Bug, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm very good, sir. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm sorry I have to have you, brother, and I mean that. It's uh it's a, it's a very difficult topic that too many people have to unfortunately have. And I'm wondering if you could kind of Walk us through how this happens and how society, and, and specifically Hollywood, really, is a haven for this sad reality. Yeah. Um, well, you know, but there's evil people in, in all walks of life. Um, for some reason, maybe it's because there's uh, a lot of uh, money and power and, and um, fame and fortune. You know, there's a lot of things that draw evil to Hollywood. Uh, vanity. I think vanity is is a, is a big one. I think um, I think in a certain uh, in a certain disordered disposition, vanity is usually uh, one of the key culprits. Um, but I've said for years that um, you know with these with these types of people, these these uh, predators like the ones you see in yeah. Sound of Freedom, um, we have to realize that it isn't lust, right? It's envy. Um, it's envy of innocence, and envy is a sin that seeks to destroy that which it it, it doesn't have, right? Um, and I think when you put it in, in that context, and you realize that that's what's going on, it's this it's this rotten envy um, that has turned absolutely satanic in a person. Um, then it starts to make sense why there's so many of those people um, clustered in Hollywood, and why it's become a haven, and why companies. Um, you know, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say uh, on your show, but certain companies who certainly um, uh, have a much bigger problem in this area than other companies um, out there. Uh, well, that's why know, those companies. You know what's interesting, Bug, is that 
I have the, the, the lucky fortitude of being old. And I'm born in the 60s, late 60s. What yeah. we're really discussing, unfortunately, and I understand why you're saying it, as almost the proclivity. But what you're really discussing is pedophilia. And there was a time in this country, and I was lucky enough to be young in it. In my neighborhood, which was a tough neighborhood, blue-collar neighborhood, if there was even a hint of it, Bug, you never heard... I mean, it, it wasn't tolerated. Pedophilia wasn't tolerated. And then there was the rumor that it wasn't tolerated in prison. Because society didn't tolerate. How did we get to a point where it's almost presented as a proclivity? And that's, isn't that part of the evil of it? Is that we pretend it's, it's somehow normal? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, that normalization, look, we see this with all sorts of evils um, in our culture now, right? The, the slow normalization of evil um, has been a long train for a long time. And um, I remember when I first, when I first beca- began coming to grips with this um, and began to contend with it, um, the strangest thing to me was that I, I, I didn't know who to turn to or who to talk to about it, right? It's something that, that suddenly is, is um, you know, you, you clench up when you realize that there's, there's not really a, a friendly ear, so to speak, right? It's something that if I had spoken about when I was still active in Hollywood when I was still producing and writing and selling shows to Netflix and whatnot, you know, I would have been blacklisted immediately um, just for just for whispering about it, right? That is amazing to me. It's amazing to me. Uh, And and it's a sad fact. How does this grow to where the victim is at fault? The victim is somehow the problem. How does it grow to that? Well, I think I think there's a, a, a lot. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, um, accidental blame to go around, right? And what I mean by that is, we as a, as a culture, we have we have very little meaning in our lives, and I, I think we can all agree that entertainment, right? The beauty of, of stories and and you know it has it has been so we're so immersed in that. It really is the central point of most people's lives. How much TV and, and film do you think people watch? in an average week, right? It's got to yeah. be, what, five to ten hours, right? It's our, it's our God now. Yes. Um, so even if a person um, would be against pedophilia and would be willing to hear the fact that it is systemic in Hollywood um, with companies, uh, uh, you know, especially with particular companies, the knee-jerk reaction, and they don't realize it, I don't think, but the knee-jerk reaction is you're attacking, you're attacking something that is so dear to me, that being my addiction to entertainment, right? That thing that, yes. that, that my family, we sit around our, our altar in the living room, that shiny altar that, that we, uh, we sit and kind of drone out. And it, it's, it's what makes life bearable, I think, for a lot of people. I mean, you know, your show certainly, cer- certainly aims towards that, that idea that there used to be a time where um, we didn't really bear life even in so ho- much to celebrate. Even in Hollywood, the guys that right. we idolized in Hollywood killed pedophiles. They tortured yep murderers they were heroes and anti-heroes who knew right from wrong and yet we have this entire sector of our society who produces so-called entertainment that practices wrong how old were you when this happened and 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 i say it i didn't want to say it to you but the idea that somebody would do this to a child is infuriating so how old were you when this happened 
Well, um, the, the the very first movie I did was Little Rascals, and and that was the that was the first abuse the, that I experienced in Hollywood was on that film. I was eight years old, and it went on until I was about eleven or twelve. Um, from project to project, like I said, some companies uh, uh, had that problem far more systemic within the within the framework of their company than other companies. So I would get a break from it, you know, on some projects, and then it would kind of come back. And it was all people that were unrelated to each other. Um, just it's just Hollywood is literally just filled with those types of people, and it, it really is a um, it's a kind of child trafficking that goes on. Yes, um, it, it's just it's very different than this film Sound of Freedom, um, but very similar in a lot of ways. And so when, uh, when I was 12, I met this young man named Brad Renfro, who unfortunately died of an overdose many years later. And he was about 16. He was older than me. And he was just this rough around the edges, southern boy, you know, right out right out of the, the gutters, you know, dragged into Hollywood. And um, he knew he knew that this stuff happened. And he never explicitly said it happened to him. But he would always tell me when I was 12, you got to start looking out for yourself. You got to be tough. You got to be, you know. You yeah. got to scare these people away, and he helped kind of mold me. I admired him so much. He helped sort of mold me into this kind of um, faux, dangerous persona, right? This protective uh, persona sure. that, that that you build, and it works. But it doesn't work for the reason you know you think. It works because, like I said initially, this thing is not lust; it's envy. These predators. So as soon as you don't, as soon as you don't represent some sort of innocence anymore, you're no longer on the menu. Man, oh man. And then to walk around with this, to walk around after being the victim and now knowing you have to defend yourself, and it can't lead to some, what else does it lead to? Where else does it take you when you're carrying that with you? Well, my own experience was um, certainly different than a lot of people's. A lot of people uh, go all different directions and struggle with all different, you know, all sorts of disorders because of it. Um, In my own particular uh, circumstance, um, I really latched on to the anger of it. Yeah. Man, I just, I lived. I would have too. Anger. It, it fueled me, you know what I mean? It, it, um, I even remember the very first time, I remember the, the really choosing that anger in that moment. It, it's a very strange thing to have such a clear memory. Mm-hmm. So I became a very angry person. I was always ready to fight. I loved fighting. I, you know, I was, I was very, very quick to rage. And... Um, because of that, you know, there was also, you know, drinking and womanizing and, and all the stuff that sort of comes with that sort of a lifestyle. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately, as I was thinking about getting married, um, I, I, I had this big dawning moment that I had to deal with this in a different way. I said, I need to actually, I need to actually stop, you know, holding on to the, to the knife in my stomach. I need to actually pull it out and let it heal. And, and I went on a very long journey doing that. 30 years ago, this happens to you, and at that time, 30 years ago in the 90s, still very frowned upon. Since the 30 years has gone by, there are organizations like NAMBLA. There is a political movement to normalize pedophilia, specifically owned by a a party in this country. You have elected officials that are telling prosecutors to not prosecute this crime. In, In your opinion... That is that can only it's not your opinion. It can only translate to the power structure that was in Hollywood has been exported to Washington. That's the only way I read it. Can I read it any other way? Absolutely. Which direction it was exported? I, you know, I just couldn't tell you the history of the thing. 
the, the rotten satanic movement that uh, that swept through this country in the last 30 years. Um, you know, I, I, I can't tell you exactly how it all played out. Um, what I can say is it's a terrifying reality that if I so much as breathe online that I think capital punishment is um, not just fitting, but, but should be absolutely demanded in these sorts of cases. If I so much as breathe that online, I'm shut down from social media. I'm, I'm banned. I'm, you know, uh, I mean, that's a, it's a terrifying thought that that discussion can't even be had, right? Um, yeah. I'm shocked it's yeah. not the other way. And I mean that. Yeah. I'm shocked it's yeah. not the other way, and I won't bend for any of it. You could kick me off every venue. Because the reality is you, ha you as an adult have but one obligation, and that's to protect children. And yet we live in a society where this has become a trafficking issue. It's preposterous to me. This is an actual trafficking issue, and the poorer the child, the more helpless the child, the more it flourishes. Is that not also yeah. true? Yeah, if you, if you look at the majority of um, very young actors that come into the business, and this is statistically easy to track, um, really young actors that come into the business and become very successful are almost exclusively from uh, the sort of uh, you know, lower class um, income levels, right? Um, very poor families, generally. Now, that's not true once you reach the upper teen levels. Upper teen, early 20s, that's almost exclusively, those people that hit success, that's almost exclusively wealthy, um, you know, young people. It, it, because it's, wow. it's wealthy families that are able to sustain, you know, uh, many years of hobnobbing with celebrities and, and getting to the parties and, and getting to know everybody. But why is it that that youngest category always comes from the poorest, you know, poorest communities? Um, and I think it's telling. I think it's because that trap, that... that uh, that little tug of desperation for the financial means um, is enough sometimes for people to just kind of turn a blind eye to what should be red flags, Not right? Those things that should, should say, hey, maybe my, my kid shouldn't go off to this wardrobe fitting uh, with this man who is clearly disordered yeah. in his appetite, right? I can tell you, it's just, it's just a nauseating reality, and it's, it's amazing that it's been able to thrive for decade after decade after decade. The movie Sound of Freedom has massive, massive success. What, yeah. what, is, what is your take? Did you participate in it? Forgive me. I haven't yeah, seen it. So I'm actually, I, I, I don't go to theaters when I'm in Illinois. I, I, I haven't seen it. And I'm also, I'm also, I'm aware of what it's about. And I don't know at what time of day I want to see it so I don't, you know, yeah, go crazy. I, I, it's the first movie I've seen in three years. When I retired, I just, you know, I don't have any reason to watch anything anymore. I got, I play with my kids and run cows around my farm but um but uh yeah so when i was out right before i retired the guys that made that movie metanoia is the name of that company um i was business partners with them in my company so their their head of business affairs was also head of my business affairs you know in a way we were sort of sister companies we fundraised for each other um they were actually were part of my conversion to christianity when i met them 10 years ago just accidentally um they were given these these sort of private courses on um, the proofs of God's existence and things like that. And so that's how that began my journey um, was knowing those guys. And um, although I wasn't uh, officially involved in the film, you know, I was there during the development and I, I talked with them quite a bit. They were one of the very few people at that time that knew my, um, my history. Um, and so it was a, you know, it was a conversation that was certainly had occasionally in the office and, you know, sitting in, in the uh, story development room. Um, but, you know, after I retired, I had forgotten all about the thing. Um, I saw 
a rough cut of it four years ago, I think, the 45-minute rough cut. And um, at that time, the word was, hey, I don't think we're ever going to get distribution for this. And I remember kind of thinking, yeah, I don't know how you're going to either. Um, and then uh, when it came out, I, I texted those guys and was like, you know, congrats. It's it, awesome. absolutely insane. And um, you know, we all saw, listen, first of all, I, I have to tell you, I, 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 I feel, t- I want to hug you. I mean, I feel terrible for what you went through. And I want to believe there's an end in sight, and I'd like to believe the movie will be an end in sight. We saw a massive pushback, rightfully so, against a filthy pig of a human being, Harvey Weinstein, for what he did to women. Has there been an example of that for what has happened? Has there been a, a, a person in power like Harvey Weinstein that has been outed, rightfully so? I remember there was a scandal years ago with uh, Corey Helm and the rest of it. Has there been a producer that has had to pay the repercussions, the right repercussions no. that the pig Harvey Weinstein paid? No. You know, uh, I... I um I think that's something that's going to end up having to happen at the um, government level before it ever happens in Hollywood. Uh, I think, you know, I, I think there are there are people that that may or may not have the ability to uh, start getting doors open and, and really start shining light on this stuff at home. Um, you know, it, it, it's on the on the political stage before it really starts starts hitting Hollywood. I think Hollywood is ultimately protected by politicians, right? It's all the same people. Um, you know, half the, half the kids of politicians are working at Netflix and Disney, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that just goes to tell you, you know, how, how tightly linked they are. Yes. And uh, that's a lot of power. I mean, it's just a lot of you power. know what else is, what else is shocking to me is the Epstein issue. Epstein has a veil of heterosexuality in it because they were young girls, but still sure. underage, still underage. Sure. Are you shocked at the... The success of both government policy and media attention, how they've been able to quiet and put a wet blanket on the flame of pedophilia that was Jeffrey Epstein? I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked about anything anymore. I mean, uh, you know, when Tim Ballard was was working on this uh, with Metanoia, initially they were talking about doing a documentary. And, um, you know, I was at the office when Tim was there uh, quite a few times, and I remember talking with him. I actually never shared with him personally any of my backstory. I just, you know, it's just not something I, I used to talk about. Yeah. But, um, but he would tell stories about how, you know, so much of this stuff is, is um, guarded at the political level in a way that, that's impassable, right? I mean, even some yes. of the stuff in the, in, the, in the film had to be altered just a little bit. The fact that, that Homeland Security and the CIA shut the operation down wasn't entirely because of financial means or... Or any of that. It was largely because there was, uh, you know, complicity that, uh, yeah, you know, that was provable, right? So, I mean, those little details had to even be changed for the film because the sensational aspect of it is so sensational that it, it, it almost seems like it's got to be untrue. Um, but the reality is, nothing shocks me. I mean, the fact that you know, the fact that there's no client lists have been released, right? I mean, it's it's, it's absolutely insane. But we live, and this is what I always try to tell people. You know, you have to start at some point accepting the fact that we live in an insane world. Um, and at the very least, because people say, well, that's, you know, there's a sense of despair in that. No, there's not. Because we can no. go forth. We can yeah. go forth. Me, me, all on my own. I might not change a single thing outside of my own little domain. But, I, but I'm going to raise my children to be, um, to be strong, uh, to be you know, radicals for, for our Lord, and to... Um, 
and to know that there's evil out there, right? And I'm going to protect them with uh, with every last fiber of my being, uh, and I'm going to make I'm going to make giants, right? And that's what we're all called to do. At the end of the day, we got to start raising these little armies um, yeah. because it's the next generation and the generation after that uh, that that I think is really really going to turn things around. And we've seen that, right? We've seen the succession of generations. We see this pendulum starting to swing. I'm not sure there's enough momentum right now to really uh, blow the lid off anything in a, in a spectacular way. Um, yes. But, you know, the fact that we, uh, we were blessed for, you know, for four years with, with Trump, I mean, that, you know, if you had told me that was going to happen, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago, I would have said no way, right? So the pendulum swings and we get these little, little surprises every once in a while, but um, well, Bob, the pendulum's got you. a long way to go still. I'm hearing you talk, and I, I have to tell you, your kids are blessed and lucky to have you. And we are lucky that you have the courage to tell your story and blessed that you have the courage to continue the fight. I mean that. I want to thank you very much for having the courage to do so and speaking truth about a, a situation that needs truth because it lives on lies. So I want to thank you very much. And when is the screening? When will this take place? I believe it's coming up in the next couple of days, right? That's right. It's, um, it's Saturday, uh, 11 a.m. The screening starts Saturday. And, um, you know, I've seen the film, so I'll probably sit outside. If anyone's seen the film, I keep telling people, feel free to come anyway. I'll hang out and just answer questions and chit-chat while the movie's going on, if you've already seen it. And then there's a big uh, talk and Q&A afterwards that you can participate in. So I'm just going to be hanging around and answering questions. The whole reason I self-canceled, the whole reason I jumped out right as Miami nomination was coming through was because I just want to tell the truth. I just want to be able to talk plainly and frankly. I want to be able to say the words that people don't say anymore and, uh, and, uh, and mean it when I say it. Bug Hall will be at Hollywood Boulevard Cinemas in Woodridge. Bug Hall, thank you for coming on and thank, thank you for you this. Sir. I look forward to seeing you. All right. Enjoy uh, your, your golf. Thank you very you. much, Bug. Thank you very much. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Thank you. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. All right, the food fight has already started with John Anthony here at Klein Creek. Smoker with Dennis Prager. I can't wait. I don't think he was too offended last year. He's obviously back. We're fine. All right, let's go to the line. Speaking of offended, it's the Fet Man. The man who has a hankering for kissing little short-in-the-pants Irish Democrat ass. Creep up, Jim. Hi, Sean. I'm lawyer crazy this week. Jonathan Curley... And if Alan Turchin, was he still ambulatory? Can he, can he get around, Alan? I don't know how he's out of the Husqvar. There's another Democrat that flipped. I don't like him. Yeah, but I will yeah, tell you this. I, yeah. You mentioned something to me yesterday about the, uh, the guy who flipped for Trump at Mar-a-Lago. Do you know what you didn't take into consideration? What do you think they were going after? And when I say they, I mean the corrupt gangster government. You think they were going after his relatives who may or may not be here legally? You think they were going after that? How do you think they got him to say what exactly? That Trump said to edit the security cam footage? Well, and can you edit? And, and did, should, does it mean should, anything he if he's got, not on tape? He should have got, got one of his family members to do it or something. You never use a... You know, uh, a guy like that because uh, you know you're really. How did that? How up. did that Democrat detective get all the gangbangers to flip on each other? Was he uh, hooking up the batteries to their testicles? How did he get him to flip? 
Which which detective was that? You know that that big which, fat Irishman, that big fat Irish detective. Okay, you know, Remember Burns, that big fat Irish Burns, detective? No, he, was a, he was a German. He was a German. He was a he German. Was. Burns was German. Yeah, Burns is German. Wow, he good German. news for his wife. In the meantime, they're, they're, he did a he did a hell of an impersonation. Oh yeah, they're, getting, yeah. They're, they're great at getting information out of people in Germany. Yeah, they'll get you to sign anything. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, thank you very much for the call, here, Cream Pup. David and Lansing. Hey, Sean. Uh, I was listening last hour. Great guest. Uh, and oh, one you. thing, I one thing that makes your show unique compared to all other of those on the right on terrestrial radio is you must get up every day and look in the mirror and say, "Follow the money," because because oh. you have a way to get to the root of where who's paying who and. Oh, man, it's awesome. I, I no, really enjoy it's all, it. That's what it's all about, David. That's what it's all about. And in the meantime, if they could sell that phony virtue that uh, people don't realize, that's a swindler in a $6,000 suit who never had a freaking job. How did that happen? We might be better off. And that's all I'm going to continue to do until they pull me right. off air. While, while you're out there hobnobbing at that golf outing, maybe there's some Salem guests that can slip you into, like, a Gorka, be a guest on Gorka or fill it in. Oh, or, I, I, I like maybe. Sebastian. I was at an event like this with Sebastian. I ever tell you the story? And I walked up to him, and he thought I worked at the restaurant. It was great. He's like, you know, I'd like an iced tea. I said, well, if I get you one, I'm probably going to throw it at you. But in the meantime, we're very good friends. Now, he can rock the ascot. Thank you very much, David. I never knew. I think if that ascot makes a comeback, I'm going to love it. Dawn in Naperville, I think you'd like me in an ascot. Listen, I think I like. Thank you so much for featuring Bug Paul. I think that whether it's Hollywood or politics, it seems to me like, you know, it's true. It's the only thing necessary for evil or for triumph. Uh, Why do they want to hurt the kids? They want to kill the babies before they can say, please don't cut my throat and rip my head off. They don't mind the pedophiles that molest them. What the hell is going on here? And can we not at least unite among the fact that we should crucify these rat pedophiles? And that's controversial? What are you, out of your freaking mind? But John Anthony had Chris Baker on maybe a month ago. Chris Baker has a non-for-profit organization called Geek 180, and he was talking about how they actually help uh, victims of human trafficking, where people try and um, put um, tattoos on, on women. Uh, it, it was just, it, the story was unbelievable. He's out of Oswego, but if people are um, interested in do- giving donations, but it's just, it, it was, the story was so unbelievable. You can't believe the evil that is out there. And and they're on both sides. They're on both sides. Did you watch the Trump and uh, and Tucker when when Trump brought up or when Tucker brought up Epstein? Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch it. Oh, it I was fantastic. Had enough on the debate, so. Now here, yeah, I forget the debates. You'd rather watch this. Here, I got a little taste for you. Do you, Do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? I don't know. I will say that, you know, he was a fixture in Palm Beach. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Barr said about it either. I have no idea what he said. What did he say? He killed himself, probably. He said he killed himself and that they were going to do this investigation. They never did the investigation. It's never been public. And they hid it. And like, why are they doing that? Now, why in the world would they not do the investigation? Hey, Barr. You fat man who looks like you were on eight is enough. I can't decide if you look like the kid or the creepy neighbor. Why wouldn't you do the investigation there, moron? 
another Bush moron. Republican, though. And I think he likes the word conservative. He wants to conserve things just the way they are, nice and creepy. Clearly, Barr knew, but why would Bill Barr be covering up the death of Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, Bill Barr didn't do an investigation on the election fraud either, okay? He said he did, and he pretended he did, but he didn't. Uh, uh, McSwain, the U.S. attorney, and... The election fraud, the election fraud. Now, all of us who are around these short-in-the-pants, rat, half-assed gangsters called Democrats, we know what they like to do. Lie, cheat, and steal. We know that Queen of Heaven is the base of the Democrat Mafia Party. In fact, I think there's a couple of stiffs with a I Love Mike Madigan button on their last suit. That's not the way they like it. However, the Democrats pretend that the GOP is trying to keep people from voting. Right now, legislative Republicans in North Carolina are pushing an all-out assault on the right to vote. Using the advice of Trump's hand-picked election denier, Cleta Mitchell, who was on the call trying to help him overturn the election in Georgia. You know, this is an aggravating thing, this overturn. Listen here, you slimy, thieving rat. Failures, if I'm kind, crooks, if I can read, called Democrats. Nobody wants to overturn anything. We want to legitimize the vote. We want to audit the vote. And when it comes to the Carolinas... You southern swindlers down there. You got kind of a history that doesn't have to go to the Civil War. It just has to go to a few years of election fraud, don't you? Who becomes North Carolina's next governor just got a lot more complicated. Republicans are now filing challenges, not to just a dozen counties, but now 50 counties. That is half the number of counties in this state. Governor McCrory saying that he knows of instances where ballots were cast by dead people, felons, and those who voted twice. Also known as a Democrat district. That was just six years ago. Then three years ago, the same district was embroiled in a Republican scandal. See, and this is what the Republicans think. You think you're going to out-cheat the Democrats? Take a look around. You're not going to out-cheat the gypsy Democrats. They perfected it. They wallow in it. And they love it. And they are going to protect the future of election theft. Believe it now. This attack has nothing to do with election security and everything to do with keeping and gaining power. If you're a young person, Republicans really don't want you to vote. If you're a college student away from home, Republicans really don't want you to vote. If you're black or brown, Republicans really don't want you to vote. They've done their research, and they know when and how you vote. You know, I don't think he's got it right. If you're dead... We don't want you to vote. If you're not a citizen, we don't want you to vote. If you're too stupid to know you're voting for a forthright totalitarian oligarchy kleptocracy, we don't want you to vote. If you're a welfare roach who votes for your increase, we don't want you to vote. If you're somebody who wants to be in on the mafia, who'd rather kiss the ass of the short in the pants mafia than see it torn asunder, we don't want you to vote. But what we do want to vote is legitimate citizens if they have to, even if they're dumb enough to be Democrats. But you better have the ID to prove it. Simple. And then we just want to count the live ones. By the way, if you're infirmed in a home, on a bed, in a coma, we don't want you to vote. Another branch of the Democrat mafia. When I get back, we'll take the rest of your calls. 312-642-5600. One segment left. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. 
We are live from Klein Creek. Tonight is the smoker. I have to tell you, I love these events. Although I am unable to smoke a cigar right now, and that is about to change. So let me ask you something, boss. If I light up and I get a fine, do you pay it? Ah, what's the difference? We'll just get somebody at PPP money. Mark Wyermiller. It's Mark Wiremore, not your man on the street, just exactly. a listener. But Good. I want to Excellent. tell you, I really enjoyed seeing you and hearing you last night. And Trump oh, won thank the you. debate. Who won? The, yeah, Trump won the debate. I'll tell you who lost the debate: the future. Because if these scallywags are too afraid to talk about what's important, it's going to be a long fracking 400 plus days. And I think it's intended to be that way. Oh yeah, well, I thought Fox News lost and Brett Baer lost too. So let me ask you a question. You're a, you're a landholder in the Democrat-run sewers, and I'm serious. I happen to know you. Have you thought about just getting out from under all of it? Do people understand the trajectory of Chicago taxes? I mean, they pretend it's good. It isn't going to be good with this idiot moron you have failing in, in Chicago now, is it? Oh, it's terrible, terrible. But this is my home. And I don't want to be kicked out of my home. I'm not going to be bullied out of my home. So I'm. Well, you know what else I know about you? It's virtually impossible for you to find people that like you. So you better stick with the select few that still do, because you're basically unlikable. However, that is Mark Wyermiller, John Anthony's man on the street, not affiliated with my show. However, what we have is the opportunity to focus on what is wrong and figure out how to fix it. And it's... Everything Democrat all the time. That's again at the table for more. A lot of the banks were waiting sort of for this day to come, saying, watch out, all of this excess cash or liquidity for someone. Two trillion. Can you imagine if this was anybody but this dimwit in diapers that Democrats expected to fail, knew he was corrupt? This obviously is every supporter of the Democrat Party is cheering for the destruction of not just our economy, but our country. In dollars, yeah, right? It's going to dry up, and then what? So the uh, then what is what the San Francisco Fed is addressing? Yeah, they're saying that we could burn through this cash as early as this quarter. So this sort of day of reckoning that we've... I like, I, I like my bad news with an English accent. Do you? I find it soothing when they have the English accent. I truly do. Let's hear a little bit more of the limey. We've all been talking about could be upon us because the consumer has been such a fundamental part of keeping the U.S. economy out of recession with all the spending that we're doing. So there is expected to be. Well, there, there actually is a really good economy out there. You just have to be in the mafia to experience all kinds of good financial growth, welfare, corruption, bribery, all growing exponentially under the most obvious asset of enemies, foreign and domestic, the commander and thief, the trader and thief. He is here in Lake Tahoe, although he arrived separately by commercial flight, which is a bit unusual because until early last month, when his legal battles ramped up, he would often fly Air Force One or Marine what? One with his dad. Fox Digital reports. This was the norm when Biden was vice. Hey, Squirrel, did you ever see the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie when they're trying to kidnap him and he's going on the plane? Did you ever see how he flew? I wish Arnold Schwarzenegger was sitting next to Hunter Biden on his commercial flight to Lake Tahoe where he was sharing the bounty of the thievery that the Biden family is known for. President citing records and emails that show Hunter tagged along to at least 13 countries. That's it? That's the end of the show? All right, I'm going to go smoke cigars with Dennis Prager and all the fans and Dan Proft, even though he looks ridiculous. I'll be back in 21 hours. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.